good, good. Fantastic. Well, welcome to 2023 and the Gonzo Bible Study. Uh, We hope you had a pleasant holiday. We hope you took time to engage in God's Word and to celebrate the birth of the Savior. And that you had a a pleasant New Year, a pleasant transition from one to the next. Absolutely. I know many people in in the transition start to pick up New Year's resolutions and make decisions about life-altering things. And some people go into Daniel fasts this time of year, Um, our congregation at Image Church in Matthews, North Carolina, we're doing uh, a fast as a congregation, you know, as a, a community of believers. We're doing a fast together with a, a look and a vision towards the moving of the Holy Spirit and being set free in God's Word. And and we're, we're enjoying those moments. And I know Pastor Clark with Mackey Church, they're, they're setting forward their resolutions and their, their goals for the yeah. year as well. Many Absolutely. churches are. We hope yes. your, your fellowship that you're engaged with has... has put forward a vision for 2023 uh, here on the Gonzo Bible study. We're going to be presenting a lot of new content throughout this year. We appreciate all of the support over the previous year. Uh, Just to kind of give you a little synopsis of what's been going on there. We closed out uh, 2022 with nearly 10,000 listeners. Um, Now the exact number I believe uh, was 9,317. So we're about 700 people short, but (laughs) it's because of your faithfulness to share. It's because of your faithfulness to listen to the episodes and to make sure that you're spreading the good news. And that's all we're trying to do here is point people towards the good news. Um, You know, the Gonzo Bible study productions, we, we have a couple things on our plate trying to present some new content to you this year and and make sure this podcast is is a consistent part of your week um and so we just thank you for your prayer um if you'd like to partner with us in that you you can go to our website uh if you'd like to sponsor an episode uh your business or you personally or whatever please contact us reach out and we can give you the details there uh, we are also more than more than willing to schedule uh, live shows if you'd like us to come and do a, a show and or a discipleship class with with your small group or church or something like that. Please reach out to us. We can discuss details there. But more than anything, welcome welcome to the Gonzo Bible Study in 2023, and we're gonna dive right into the Word. Because uh, that's our that's our goal. That's our theme. That's what we do around here. So, Pastor Clark, lead the way. Happy New Year and uh, blessings as we have concluded the 12 days of Christmas now. And we mm-hmm. are uh, just thankful for all that God has done in our midst. And, and some of us have been struggling with some resurgence of COVID and other things. But you know what? We're pressing on. And I think that's really what we want to hunker down on a little bit. As we think about a new year, like you said, Robert, it's it's uh, a lot of talk about resolutions and resolve and, and what are we going to be determined to do. And if mm-hmm. you watch a little bit of television on cable or whatever, it's every other commercials for health clubs or, mm-hmm. or eating better and doing this and that. Uh, that's great. I mean, the, his congregation is going uh, through a time of fasting of various things that God's put on their heart to do. And, um, and, of course, you know, for the Baptists, you know, we're just trying not to eat as much. Well, I'm kidding. Okay, anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, you can't get that through. So it's not as welcome, it's not as welcome to theme. Um, but some of us do know a little bit about it and need to do more of it because that is 
uh, part of the spiritual disciplines. It is. Uh, and it's one that's, that, uh, especially in the West, we've neglected sorely mm-hmm. uh, and, and probably do not understand. But there is good material out there. Robert mentioned the Daniel fast. There's some other very good, solid, biblically-based uh, fasting. Um, a lot of times people just immediately feel like, oh, fasting means you just quit drinking and eating, period. And that's not necessarily what it is. No. If, if God's requiring that, uh, calling you to do it, he will prepare you mm-hmm. for that. Uh, but I would just, just as a side note with mm-hmm. this, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, really, I've always considered Isaiah 58 is kind of the fasting chapter. Mm-hmm. Because if you just read that, that one chapter, and of course there's many other scriptures a biblical to get a biblical understanding of fasting mm-hmm. and if anything just follow the life of our savior yeah follow the life of his disciples yep. uh, and we see that because that was a very real thing in the life of the hebrew people that's right and in their tradition and in their uh, living under the covenant of the law mm-hmm. uh, but in isaiah 58 really talks about the heart of and the real center yep. uh the purpose and and what is accomplished in fasting, so it has a purpose. It's not supposed to just be putting putting you in a in a um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for right now. It's not just supposed to be putting a burden no, on you. No, no. We think that about shouldn't that. be all. That should be not at all what it is. And I, I think you know. And I came up. It shouldn't kind be of a thinking, season. It shouldn't yeah. be a season of lack or a season of desperation exactly. in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I, you know, I I think some of us came up in that because we we grew up in a Western culture. That where we must be satiated, we must always be pleased, we must always be full. We must, you know, we're we're living in such a time where we're all so blessed, we're spoiled. Yes, literally spoiled rotten, just about. And well, we're so, enslaved. Oh boy! See, uh, we, oh boy. <laughs> forgive me. We're gonna we're gonna go off on this tangent for just a, <laughs> for a second, talking about fasting. Okay. Um, <laughs> the the thing about it is, as we as we look through the Old Testament and the New Testament, you yeah. have numerous examples of where people are called to fast or turn to fasting in celebration. For yes. instance, the, for instance, after after Jonah does finally come and present the word to Nineveh. They turn to prayer and fasting in celebration mm-hmm. of not being destroyed. If and, and as part of their obedience there and their turning from their wicked ways, yeah, they, they yeah. turn to prayer and fasting. As you look at uh, Queen Esther, she asked the people to pray and fast and stand with her in prayer before she went to Xerxes, before she went yeah. unbeckoned before the king. Because see, that was a that was a, that was a punishable offense Major by death. Yeah. She she could be put to Major. death for appearing right. before him with a petition without being summoned. And so she was going to be going before him to to literally ask that a holocaust, that a, that a genocide, not occurred across Persia, because they were going to eradicate her people in a single day. That's right. And so in order to go before her husband and king, the emperor of the world at the time, basically, yes. uh, unbeckoned, she asked that, come join with me and let us pray and fast. She asked all the people of the, all the believing Jews of Persia to pray and fast with her. When you look at Moses, before he received the Ten Commandments, he fasted. He, you know, and so we have repeated things where people are claiming their authority and they're claiming these things. When, when we were talking about fasting for a little bit last night with our youth, and one of the things I pointed out was how often we see the Israelites who had just been freed from Egypt and were in the desert and God's providing manna and quail and food. They start complaining because they're tired of eating the same thing. 
And so much yes. so that they discussed turning back to slavery just so they could have a little mouth pleasure. They're yes. Literally just so they could have a different flavor on their tongues. And so then we look further back into the Old Testament and we get to Esau and Jacob and a bowl of soup that cost a man his inheritance. Wow. See, he was he was hungry and he came to his twin brother and he said, man, that soup smells good. I want some. And his smart brother said, I, I'm not going to give it to you. I've been working on this all day, but I tell you what, I'll sell it to you for your inheritance. Now, one of the things we clarified when I was talking to my youth about this is the fact that what he was doing in that scenario, Esau was literally telling his brother, OK, I will be your servant from here on out. For a bowl of soup. Because see, when an inheritance passes right. from one brother to another, from one birthright to another, when you when you sacrifice that back then, it meant that everything that is our father's, all the land, all the pro all the all the properties, all the monies, all the tents, everything is now going to be yours when our father passes, and I will have to work for you. He's literally selling himself into servanthood for a bowl of soup, for a little bit of mouth pleasure. So all throughout the Old Testament, what we find is people who either are willing to return to slavery or sell themselves into servitude or whatever in order to just have a little bit of carnal pleasure. Because right. that's what it amounts to. That's it's right. just it's a satiating of a desire, and how often yes. we talk about how fasting is something where you know yeah we're depriving ourselves and all those things, but really what we're doing is we're refocusing ourselves from the flesh. We're refocusing ourselves from the the tangible world, from the the mm -hmm. fruit of this world, right. and refocusing ourselves on the spirit fruit of God. Yes. You see, that was one of the things we're putting ourselves, we're turning from the, to, to, from the edible to the knowable. And in that moment where we turn from the edible to the knowable and the relational, we're, doing, we're, we're countermanding the garden curse scene, mm -hmm. the fall scene. Because see, what it was is when a man turned and we took of that forbidden fruit, whatever it, shape it had, and I don't believe it's a shape that we know because I believe that was something that was in the garden and locked in the garden and... So on and so forth. I think scripture tells us that. Um, but it's it took this take this fruit and we eat of it, we immediately become tied to the flavors of the world. And we get separated from the spirit and the communion with God. And so what fasting does, it says, I'm going to set aside these pleasures and these crutches and all those things. It's like I told my youth when I was talking to them about fasting, I said, Look, I'm an emotional eater. I use it as a crutch, hence the reason why I'm a 300-pound man. I'm working on it. But it's one of those things where in this time, I am my fasting will be food. And the reason I'm fasting food is because instead of turning to God in moments of sadness or stress or all these things, I turn to food. Mm -hmm. And I have turned that into a habitual crutch that is not benefited my being. It's not benefited my state of mind. It's not benefited my health in any way, shape, or form. But I wanted the, those moments of mouth pleasures, those those endorphins. Right. Literally, literally, what it is is we oftentimes are just giving ourselves a high. And we're just we're activating certain chemicals in our body by giving us giving ourselves that that food. And so we live on that high for so long until it, something else happens and grab more. 
instead of actually focusing on the fact that we need the word of God in us so the Holy Spirit can activate us and so that we can actually be in communion. And so in the time of fasting, what we're doing was we're regaining our authority. We're regaining our inheritance. We're regaining our protection. We're giving a giving a victory over our enemies because there again if you go there further forward into the old testament we see we see there in um oh boy i gotta find it now my brain but uh was it esau where he had them fast and then they marched to battle and then by the time they got there the amorites and the moabites had killed each other and they'd killed everybody else and because they had been obedient to God and they had fasted Samuel. Samuel oh, was the okay. Samuel, Samuel the prophet. Yeah. I had to find it in my brain. Yeah, Forgive yeah. me, y'all. No problem. Uh, <laughs> no problem. <I> understand. <laughs> but uh, the prophet Samuel had told the people, and what they did was is they prayed and they fasted and they went, and by the time they got to the battlefield, God had done the victory. There the two go. armies they were coming to face had killed each other, and go. they just collected all the riches. See, we are we talk about how by faith we can speak to mountains and see them moved. And what fasting is, it's returning you to a state where you're reliant on your faith. You're reliant on the spirit. You're reliant on the word of God rather than being reliant on what I, how can I, oh, I'm hungry. I feel weak. Well, let me strengthen myself. See, that's what it's doing. We're saying, no, God, you strengthen me rather than allowing me to strengthen myself or worse yet, allowing the world to strengthen me. I don't want the world and the, the fruit of the world to be what strengthens me. I want to be the fruit of your spirit and the fruit of your love to be the thing that strengthens me. Yes. Yeah. If, if I may go ahead, interject Sorry. here, since the Holy Spirit's obviously leading us here, and it, and it very well is probably because there's some question there and perhaps uh, some folks today making decisions about this, and maybe you've got friends or maybe you've heard about it or maybe this is absolutely the first exposure as a believer Mm-hmm. Or as a seeker mm-hmm. uh, about this area, well, let me let me just r- relay mm-hmm. to you a couple of these verses as Isaiah relates to yep. what the people had been doing ceremonially, That's and right. he points out right up as he talks about that they should be crying aloud to the Lord and and not holding back. Mm-hmm. He he points out in the opening verses that obviously people do it for various reasons. People get into the fasting thing. We know Jesus pointed out to the hypocritical, pharisaical, and, and Sadducees of the yep. day in his day and said, you know, you do your giving, you do your fasting, you do your living in front of the people in a way to make a show. And he said, and you know what? You've got your reward. That's yep. it. That's it. But what God intends, if you if you go to Isaiah 58, let me read verse 5 and 6 here. Mm-hmm. And this is by no means all of it, okay? This is part of it. It is a fast like this, which I choose, a day for a man or a person to humble themselves. It is for bowing one's head like a reed. Mm-hmm. You see, the winds of change, the winds of time, the winds of our age are blowing, but this is a time where God bends us toward mm-hmm. himself. Yep. And he says this, it is for the bowing of one's head like a reed and for spreading out the sackcloth and the ashes, yep. and Robert can give you an explanation about mm. what that all is symbolic of and what that meant to the Old Testament people, okay? <laughs> As a bed, will you call this a fast, even an acceptable day to the Lord, mm-hmm. he says. In other words, because he had mentioned here previously that some did it for a contention and strife. He says, now, will you choose to have a fasting 
Uh, and, and in fact, uh, one of the things that Robert may want to mention, I don't know, uh, something that I was maybe only exposed to in recent years myself, because I always thought it was just always about food, mm-hmm. always about giving up a meal mm-hmm. or something of that. No, it's not. It's setting aside of something that has your attention. It's setting aside maybe a distraction. It's setting aside with intent to hear from God. Mm-hmm. And verse 6 says, is this not the fast which I choose? Now notice here, God's way in fasting, okay? Mm-hmm. To, and verse 6 tells it, to loosen the bonds of wickedness. Okay, if something has really got a hold of you, if there's some, some vice, some form of wickedness or evil, unrighteousness before God, that you are having a horrible time. Listen, a fast will help put you in the position to hear from God and to break loose. Listen, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the bands of the yoke, yeah. to to let the oppressed go free mm. and to break every yoke. Yep. And he asked that in a question form, but literally he's saying, is this not what you're looking for? Mm-hmm. Are you not looking to be set free? You see, here again, what is God trying to do? God's not trying to oppress us. He's trying to deliver us. Yep. You see. And, and so in this, in this uh, word here, and some of the blessings, I'll be go ahead and hop down into verse 8. Mm-hmm. Some of the blessings of that. Now, in, in between here, you're going to find that some of the thing about fasting allows us to also give. Yes. To share with others, whereby otherwise we may have just consumed. Yep. You see? Uh, there again, not necessarily just about food now. But, uh, you know, if you're not eating out, you may, be, you may be committing that as well as what you're doing in your own discipline yeah. and desire for deliverance, you may be also committing the funds that would have otherwise satiated you. You're committing those funds to perhaps help someone be fed for real. Well, in Ezekiel 16, when he makes reference back to Sodom and Gomorrah, that's actually one of the accusations levied in that was the fact that not only were they being hedonistic and filling their own desires and being gluttonous and all those things, but they were refusing to meet the need of the people outside of the city. They were refusing to feed those that were hungry. The prophet Ezekiel reveals, uh, reveals to us that one of the reasons God struck down Sodom and Gomorrah is because they refuse to share their abundance with those in need. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and exactly. So, if the believers were doing that in a wholesale way, if believers across the board, regardless of denomination, if people who believe in the Lord, the living God, the yes. almighty God, the creator of God, and his son, Jesus Christ, the person of the son representing the father of all eternity mm-hmm. and the power of the person of the Holy Spirit, Right. Then you know what? In doing that, all the needs of this nation, we wouldn't be looking for the government. No, you know, we would not be looking for people who already have other agendas. We yeah. would be looking to God, whose heart is pure, and mm-hmm. God, whose purpose is pure. That's right. And so, what would be happening would be a very beautiful and pure thing. You would—I yeah. don't think you'd have people living in the streets either. But look, verse eight there mm-hmm. again in Isaiah fifty-eight. Then your light will break out like the dawn. Now, this is the blessings. Here's some of the blessings uh, alliterated here. And your recovery will speedily spring forth. Yep. You know, where you've been dragging along, where you've been, oh, God help me, oh, God help me. You know, that's where a lot of us live a lot. And we feel like we have to do a penance. And we, 
we get real. I don't know what we get. It's not of God. It's something that men have come up with. Mm-hmm. This thing where we need to kind of beat ourselves. Oh, that self-flagellation. Moan. Yeah, yeah. And it could be verbal flat. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Moaning and groaning and carrying on. Like we're, we're all good at that, you know. But he says your recovery will speedily break forth. Yep. Man, you're talking about horses coming out the chute here. Bam. You know, and your righteousness will go before you. Yep. People will start seeing you coming and know that you are a representative. You're an ambassador of Christ. That's what you mm-hmm. are. That's who you are. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And we always got folks say, hey, watch your back. You know, <laughs> check your six and all this guy. Listen, in this world, yeah, in this sin-cursed world, yeah, we're almost all of us are looking over our shoulders. But I'm going to yeah. tell you something. In Christ... He says the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Somebody tries to slip up on your six. Somebody tries to come up and 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 give you some kind of wallop from behind. And you've you've come into a season of genuine fasting, and it's not, hey, here I am, look at me. In fact, right. no, the scripture says it, sh- it should be a thing where you, oh, you're glorying God, you're screaming to God, Amen. and you're giving yourself there, and wow. you don't act you don't act weak, you don't act meager, you don't act fatigued, you don't act you know, woeful in your season of fasting. Yeah, no, what absolutely. you're doing is you're gaining, you're gaining the experiential truth of what faith is and what that rear guard glory of God watching your six is. It's reassuring you that there is no necessity in any way, shape or form for fear in your life because God is with you. And what you come into in the knowledge with fasting is you're like, even in the face of hunger, even in the, in the face of, Whatever it is getting out of your way, what you find is is that in the stills in the still moments that God is there. That God yes. you're you're hushing the noise. You know, for some people, uh for some people this time of fasting, they, they move away from social media. They knew they move away from yeah. television, they I've move heard, away from different things yeah. like that. And see, part of that, like I said, that some of that connects back to Daniel ten and when, when Daniel was in, in his moment of despair, and he turned to fasting good. and all that. And he says, and, and I pulled it up oh, here good, in Daniel good, 10, good, uh, and I, I'm reading here um, in verse 3. He said, I ate no pleasant or desirable foods, nor did I eat meat or wine that allowed it even to come into my mouth. I did not anoint myself at all for a full three weeks. He didn't even take time to... to ritualistically bless himself or come into that state. What he was doing was he was literally, he he wouldn't let anything pleasant affect his demeanor. He didn't want anything of the world to soothe his state. He was preparing himself to receive directly from the Lord. And the Lord was going to be the only thing to bring joy to his life. In other words, in this moment, what he's saying is, look, no, here I am. Everything around me is we're, we're facing horrible things and, and all these things. But, yeah. but God is going to be my only source of delight. God is going to be the only source of pleasure in my life. And that, to me, I think that's what it comes down to is what's the thing in your life that you think about more than you think about God? You get fixated on yeah. more. You know, for me, and, and one of the things, the lifestyle changes, this has nothing to do with fasting, but just a lifestyle change that my wife and I agreed on was less media in our life. You know, we we, we had a bad habit of anytime we're awake, the television sets on, whether yeah. we're sitting in front of it or not, but 
we're constantly being bombarded. So what her and I agreed was is that we would only have certain amount of hours every day where the adult television in the house, the family room television, would even be on. So we've reduced that. We've, we've yeah. decided we've made that conscious effort. And we've st- we're still allowing our children to have a show or two oh, yeah, a day and sure. all those things. But what we've decided is as a household that we will no longer spend more time at the altar of pop culture okay. and spend more time okay. at the altar of God. And we even rearranged our furniture in our house to where now if you if you go into our home, it is focused around community and communion because there's there's oh, there's there's now multiple places throughout the home where it's just a cluster of chairs where it's just a where it's a cluster of chair or a couple chairs and a couch or you know and now yeah. our our living room is set up to where if we had 11 people in our home they could all see each other at the same time nice. you know and 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 you know dad knows the layout of my house so he's he's picturing this but it's one of those things where we, we reorientated ourselves to where when my wife and I are sitting down together, we're no longer facing the TV set, but we're facing each other. When we sit in our favorite chairs now, we're facing each other rather than facing a television set. No, that's See, that, that's, that is a change in our home. That's it because... You know, I I'm an amateur pop culturalist. I love pop culture. I love I love media. I'm yeah, a cinephile. Absolutely, I, all these things are part of the things that I've had a passion for for years, uh, and some of that affecting what we're doing here. But, but I found myself yeah, go ahead. spending yeah. more time looking to looking to the stimulus of that, yeah, rather than looking for the still quiet moments, and rather than looking to you know, my, my wife and, and those type of things. Yes, we were enjoying content together and we were communicating. It's not yeah, like we sure, were sitting next sure, to each other like couch potatoes necessarily. Right, right. But the fact of the matter was we were not focusing on each other, you know. And, and you know, granted, my wife and I have, have been together now for 18 years. We, we know each other. We're, we're familiar with each other. We, we like a lot of the same things. So we have a solid relationship and right. we have a Christ-centered relationship. God is go. at the center of my marriage. There I will gladly proclaim that. It's the go. only reason my marriage probably still exists. It's because God's yeah. at the center of it sometimes. Well, and y'all made a conscious you know, decision. You, yeah. you, and I'm hearing in all that, you made a con- and I'm just hearing this, okay, for the first time myself. <laughs> okay, and, and you made a, uh, you, you've made a decision as a family unit, you yes. see, because some are saying, well, I don't, I don't get some of this or that. No, how's God speaking to you? Right. You see, you've got to you've got to come to this point where see this is a this is if you will an evolution of the spirit in a person's life. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's it's see we're not worshiping a process here. We're 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 wanting to gain the person of Christ Jesus as Lord and controller. Yes. And this let me just heave ho on that one more time because I, we mm-hmm. all need it. You know, is this not the fast that I choose? It's loosening the loosening the bonds of wickedness. We're letting go of things that may include wrong direction, wrong, wrong, wrong pathways. Okay, yeah. undoing the bands of the yeah. yoke. Yeah. yeah, this is where now Robert mentioned that slavery. Uh, you know, yeah. a lot of people won't talk about slavery these days. We are a society so enslaved yes. that we're looking to point to other things. Yes. In order not to admit our own slavery, our own our own in, in servitude to mm-hmm. the system of the world. I yeah. mean, seriously, man, um, let let the oppressed go free. Break every to break every yoke. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. He says, so that we'll break out like the dawn. Our recovery will be speedily uh, experienced, springing forth. Our righteousness will go before us. All these things. And on down there, he talks about how the Lord will continually guide you. So you see, more and more, mm-hmm. what's happened is they're following the leadership of the Lord because, as Robert's already given you testimony, him and him and his wife Amanda, their home and and their two precious little children, my grandchildren, uh, they're raising in that light as well. And and you know, by no means are they perfect. Are we perfect? Are you perfect? Mm-mm. And and ultimately, that may get us to our next session. Okay, we're following the Spirit today on this because this is not the the session we prepped for (laughs) but that's cool because we're just riding the ride god has for us today Mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is they've made decisions that will enable them to take another step with god Mm -hmm. to hear him better and to hear him more to loosen up any yoke or bonds that's holding them back or binding them down Mm -hmm. you see there's where maybe some of us watching today and some of us engaged in this in this session today are saying well Gosh, I, I just feel like I feel like a, a, something caged up, well, yeah. dear friend. That's oppression. Well, that is, and so much. You know, I hear. Okay, I I personally, and I'm going to give testimony to this, and I've spoken to it in roundabout ways previously. Over the past, in the past year, year and a half or so, I have had a major struggle with anxiety and depression. And, and so much so that I was starting to take supplements and, and see, you know, seek guidance and all those type of things. Uh, and it, there were causes and things that triggered it and all that. And I'm not going to get into that Absolutely. right now. Yeah. But the fact Absolutely. of the matter is, I had to come to a point where I was able to say, what things in my life, what am I allowing to, what spirits am I allowing to affect me? What things in my life am I allowing to infect me that encourage right. or discourage things? Right. You know. Uh, I had to cut back on watching certain types of content late into the evening because I noticed that they exasperated my paranoia. They exasperated my anxiety. I had to completely stop watching news. Yeah, I I, I did. Like I haven't turned on a news network in my personal home in at least twelve months because I can't do it. Happier guy. Well, (laughs) because it was making me anxious. Now that doesn't mean I'm completely oblivious to what's going on in the world. I do read, but I don't sit in front of a news network and watch the news. You know, because it's talking heads. Exactly. Right. Because it was something that was causing me more anxiety. So much so that I've recommended it to everybody else I know. I'm like, hey, back off. News, but you know, I look. But what you have to start yeah. doing, in part, and there again, part of the reason we do fasting and part of the the biblical mandate to fast is to get you to realize that God is the most important thing for healing and restoration in your life. It's the most important way to grasp hold of your authority in the Spirit. It what it because it clarifies the things in your life that are valuable and are not. Because what happens during a season of fasting, if you choose to fast whatever it is you think is affecting you the most for 21 days, 30 days, whatever it is, but if even even 48 hours, if you backed away from the thing that you are obsessed with or fixated on, and you notice that that if you spend that same same amount of time, just the amount of time you watch content on YouTube or listen to music on Spotify or what even podcasts. We love that you're engaging with us, but if you need to right now, shut us off, get your Bible 
sit somewhere quiet where you're not distracted and there's nothing else going on and just talk to God and listen. See, we forget that sometimes a lot of us. And I, and that's one of the things during, during my fast, one of the things I am deliberately and intentionally focusing on is just listening. Amen. Because I have a tendency to run at the mouth, if you haven't noticed. I like talking, (laughs) hence the reason why we're doing a podcast. But sometimes we forget our mandate as Christians sometimes is just to sit and listen and meditate on the Word of God. We need to seek the still, quiet places. Yes. We need to, you know, and, and and don't, when you give something up for the sake of being with the Lord, you should never complain about what you gave up. That's right. You know what I mean? Because, like, no. Uh, if, if all you're thinking about during your fast is, man, I really wish I could watch TV right now, that's a problem. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. And then the, hopefully that'll highlight a major problem for you because you'll be like, ooh, I'm kind of obsessed. I'm kind of addicted to you know, yes. it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a narcotic that holds us captive, or a no. or anything like that. We can be held captive just by our habits. Right. We can be held captive by our rituals. I think that's why Daniel says in this that he did not anoint himself for twenty one days. No, no, because what he was doing is he was per, he was practicing his religious tradition. And he realized that he was giving himself solace and giving himself comfort just in his ritual. Yes. And that he could not be solely reliant on God in the midst of his ritual. Yes. And so he broke his ritual. This is, I mean, we're talking about Daniel here. We're talking about a man that would not stop praying when the mandate was issued. So much knowing it was a death sentence that he prayed. Yeah. But he understood the necessity of the fast. Yes. He understood the necessity of breaking ritual for the sake of honoring and glorifying God. Yeah, it allowed him to be spiritually who he had to be to affect a whole nation. Yes. And even even physically, I would say. Yes. Because it set him free. Mm-hmm. It set him free in a number of ways to be a man that... Propose. You may recall at one point, I and forgive me for not uh, remembering the reference, I believe it's Matthew or Luke 1, and maybe perhaps both, where Jesus had delivered a, uh, a boy that kept throwing himself in the fire. He was mm-hmm. full of full of the devil, literally full of the devil. Mm-hmm. We got a lot, a lot of young people, even adults today, full of the devil. <laughs> and Jesus cast that evil spirit out of that kid. When the disciples came along, they had already in, they had already encountered this guy, and he I mean he done scared them all off, backed them all off, and Jesus mm-hmm. looked at them and and tried to encourage them, yep. because instead of being backed away, Jesus wanted them to come in, and said, "Look, this only comes through prayer and fasting. You've got to enter into a place spiritually where you're so in tune with God, you do exactly what God says." And listen, when you encounter the, in the spirit world, when you encounter demonic forces in, in, within the realm of the, of the natural from the spirit world, mm-hmm. then, dear friend, uh, I'm speaking from some experience. You, you have got to be in the spirit of God because otherwise it can overwhelm you. Uh, and we're so, we're so placated and inundated yeah. and, 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 I don't know, uh, anesthetized in our society toward these things that we're actually being encouraged to embrace 
these things. Yeah. And I mean, right on the heels of Christmas and all, and even during the Christmas season, I was amazed at some of the programs that were being uh, being advertised about witchcraft and about getting involved in, in things that involved wizardry and other things like things that the Bible says these are abominations before the Lord. These are things people should never look to involve themselves in. And, and, and yet, in a wholesale way, we're trying to invite folks to be comforted, even entertained, with these type of things that are not proper before the Lord. Because God came to redeem man out from under the law of sin and death. Mm-hmm. And even the, even uh, even even from out from under all the old Hebrew traditions that had become more man based than God based, and so listen, if He would desire that, how much more would He desire that we be delivered? All through Jesus's ministry, all through the ministry of His followers, His disciples, those especially that we came to call the apostles, they were a part of deliverance ministries. Yep. All through their ministry, they yep. did. They were. Uh, and and now some of some of those some of those met their martyrdom, met their physical death mm-hmm. uh, at the hands of those that were so caught up in in that kind of, of false worship and so forth. But listen, they went. Every one of them went down declaring Jesus as Lord, mm-hmm. and to this day they have a testimony even in those nations of their world because they went out into all their world. We have what we call missionaries out all over the world. And in, in, in witnessing to people groups uh, and language groups that have never had the Bible in their language and never heard the name Jesus in their life, we are doing that now through so many different Christian groups. Uh, and what a blessing that is. Many of us during the Christmas season do extra to support those on the international fields mm-hmm. because we believe in what the Great Commission said, yeah. we, that, we, that we share the gospel in our Jerusalem Mm-hmm. In our immediate outlying area, in our state or uh, beyond our region that we live, and beyond to the borders of the entire world. Yep. And Jesus said, "I'll be with you always to the very end of these ages of this age." Yep. And of course, He's going to bring all that to a culmination. Which yeah, I, I'm thinking in 2023, we're going to talk some about that. I yeah, I think I, I definitely think that's something we want to get more into. And, you know, one of the things and along the lines of what you're saying here is the fact that missionaries and, and apostles and all that. And the, the it, it, funny, it actually draws me back to where we thought we were going to go today. There in Philippians, when Paul is identifying yeah, right. who he is and he you know, and he says there in the ch- third chapter uh, of Philippians in verse nine, that I am actually to be found and known as in him, Amen. you know, right. not called by my own achievements and what what he's talking about there is he the fact that that he wants to be identified as somebody who is in christ and he's a person there and i think i think you know it's funny we've gone on this this tangent about fasting and i think that's a lot of what it is is it's reclaiming who we are in god who yes. we are in God. Yes. You know, it is not a coincidence that if we look at the the chronological order of events that Jesus went from being identified in his baptism as the son of God by God to a 40-day fast. Yes. That is not that is right. not in my opinion before he uh, goes out into his yes. ministry. That's right. He goes from baptism to a 40-day fast yes. to a trial by Satan. There you go. There you go. And immediately then into his ministry. 
And it's one of those things looking forward into the fast that I'm beginning this weekend and our church has begun today and, and those things. I look, I look at it as this. We, ha- we here at the Gonzo Bible Study have made certain vision statements and, and, and goals for this year. And we're going to hurt dad and I are speaking more about that in the coming days. Sure. But we're, we're making these things and, I, and, and God is revealing these things to me. And then I'm immediately moving into a fast to claim the authority that's right that has been revealed to me see i see jesus was revealed and identified and claimed there in that moment in that in, in, there when with his cousin baptizing him john the baptist when he's being baptized and he's he's saying i am this in god and then god says no you are this here is this is my heir this is my child this is my son in whom i am pleased and immediately his response to God being pleased with him and giving him an identity is to go into fasting and claim his authority in the word. Because, yeah. see, that's how he defeated Satan. Amen. It wasn't by his own power. It wasn't by his his celestial authority, but by the word of God that he defeated him. Yeah. See, he was so reliant on scripture, he replaced his eating and all that in his time in the desert with the word so that when he was attacked, the word was what came from him. He didn't take a swing at Satan. The Bible doesn't say that they got into a boxing match and he beat him up. He picked up some of them rocks and tried to eat him. No, no, no. And he does. (laughs) But what he, and we often, and we often joke about that. And there's been great songs and, and, and limericks written to that effect that we want to bind Satan up in a box and throw away the key and everything, everything like that. But the fact of the matter is the thing, the truth is what defeats Satan. Amen. The word of God. And that you know, and that's why repeatedly throughout all the temptations, because yes. Christ had been filling himself up with the word, because he was praying and fasting and and meditating on the word of God for forty days. When he came under attack, the devil didn't stand a chance. No, Lucifer and that's only, that's right. <laughs> Lucifer only came at him three times. Yeah, the third time was it. That's all he could handle. Yeah, he couldn't come back. Jesus came at him with the word. That's right. And, he responded and, uh, not with his own statements not with his own declarations but with the word the same word of god that you you have that you have and there again we we reiterate our challenge send us a letter in the mail or you can find our po box or even just send us an email that's right uh on the gonzo bible study if you don't have a bible we would love to help you get a bible absolutely we'll help you tell us your story tell us what you have going on uh, and, and we'll we'll handpick out a Bible for you and send it to you. That's right. Because we want to make sure that you have access to the Word of God. So when the devil shows up, the Spirit has words to fling at him. Amen. The Spirit can activate Amen. that and give you the boldness in that. So this season, uh, this season of the new year, yes. we want to make sure that you're claiming an identity that yes. is one in Christ, that is one in the word. And whether you choose to go into a fast in this season of your life or not, right. that's between you and God. Make sure that it's that. Make sure it's not just something you're arbitrarily doing without purpose and, and direction and word yeah. at the word at the center of it. Because there again, like this, if you're ritualistically doing, it's like the reprimand we get in Isaiah, uh, you know, and don't do it touting your own horn. Because there again, that's not, don't do it in a spirit of rebellion, but do it in a spirit of submission. Be the reed that bows to the will of God. Be the one that bows in, in reverence 
to the holiness and to the glory of the king. And the outcome of your fast is also not yours to claim. It's God's. Yes. The glory goes to the king, and that's what becomes your rear guard. That's right. Amen. That's, Amen. You know. In the closing verses there, he says, And you will be a, rep- a repairer of the breach. And one who restores in the streets in which mm. you dwell. You know, that's God needs people who are submitted, like Robert was saying. That could open up doors right there to see the breaches repaired mm-hmm. and to see uh, one restored in the streets where you live. Yeah. And we all need some rep- re- reparations. We all need some repairing. We all need some re- restoration that's in right. our lives. And so today, let, we'd like to pray with you and yeah. just pray that God will bless yeah. you wherever you're at. And Lord, Father, in Jesus' name, somebody right now, as, as these words have been spoken, we've made references here in Daniel and to the life of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Gospels, here in the prophet Isaiah. And we know that your word always accomplishes what it's sent out to do. And so right now, we know your word is working in the hearts of of people right now that have been listening to this. And Lord, we're, we're just praying for good success in the guidance that Lord, we're going to be obedient to your guidance. We're going to follow your direction. And in that we're going to, we're going to find ourselves being released. That's right. Springing forth. That's right. Having ourselves covered in your glory Lord, so that we can be one who is a repairer of breaches, one who is restoring in the streets. Father, this is the person you need. At, Lord, at your beck and call. And Father, may we all in 2023 be more your servants, mm-hmm. more your faithful children, more that ambassador mm-hmm. that you've called us to be. And we thank you now, asking blessings, blessings of health, That's right. blessings of finances, blessings of emotionally, blessings of employment, mm-hmm. blessings, Lord, in your relationship with your children, with Hallelujah. your spouse. Father, whatever it may be, and we know, Father, we have a number of folks here internationally, and so we're just we're just thankful that you are moving globally, mm-hmm. even through this little podcast. That's In right. In Jesus' name, we thank you for the victory, and we thank you for renewing us in some knowledge. That's right. Even just a tidbit of knowledge of this discipline of fasting. In Jesus' name, thank you, thank you, thank you. And God bless you. Thank you Hallelujah. for joining us today That's right. in the Gonzo Bible Study.